Welcome back to another exciting, fun-filled, fun-packed. Hold on to your seat hour and a half right now. All right. Let us let us pray. Father, we do thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. We thank you for each of those that are here and each that are rushing to get here. We pray for safety for them. Watch over them. Keep them safe. Thank you, Father, for leading us into all truth and opening our hearts and our minds to your word and to your, to understand you in a deeper way. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Uh, so the thing we've started with every week, we'll, we'll, do, we'll start with this every week. So, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire for this very reason make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. <laughs> for in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> all right. So... This is absolutely jam-packed with truth, jam-packed with knowledge, understanding. Um, and we need to unpack it. That's what we're doing each week. Every week we're going to unpack it some more. We're going to look at each one of the main uh, themes, the main topics. We're going to pull it apart. We're going to look at it, twist it around, and discuss it. But bottom line, remember that the reason we started this whole class uh, or the, the premise of the whole thing is, uh, if we're in the end times, which I believe we are, we're all in the end times. You know, for us, it, we're in the end times. We're, you're, if you're over 30, everybody over 30? No. No. Yeah. Close. Close. Close? Well, you're close. Okay. But, you know, we're all heading towards the end. We're all getting there. So how are we supposed to live our lives? Too many people live their lives for the moment and living their lives uh, reacting to the things that happen around us rather than 
proactively and preemptively on purpose, living our lives on purpose. If we don't live our lives on purpose, then life happens to us. And then, then we're just no, we're no better than the heathen. Because they just think that, you know, we're a glob of, of, uh, of uh, protein, uh, right? I think it's protein, you know, that we're just a glob of, of chemicals and we're hurtling through space and whatever happens, happens. The reality is God has a plan and purpose for our life. And if we're not living it on purpose, then we're, we're, then we're not being as effective as we should be. We need to think like God thinks. And so these verses help us to, 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 to focus because he says, if you don't want to be ineffective and, uh, uh, ineffective and what's the other word? Productive. Productive or unfruitful. If you don't want to be ineffective and unfruitful, then you have to do some things on purpose. You live your life on purpose. You prepare, you get ready, you, you, you put it together, you move forward with it, and you do it on purpose. If not, then you're, being, you're going to be ineffective and unfruitful. If you ever wondered, uh, you know, th- and maybe you have this you know, sneaking suspicion in the back of your mind that you're, being, you're not as, as productive as you could be, well, there may be a reason for that. It, you know, I, I, have to, I check myself all the time. Am I being as productive as I can be? And the Holy Spirit usually says, never mind. We're moving right along. But tonight we're talking about the knowledge of God. All of these promises, all this promise about... uh, 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 Sorry, I have a billion thoughts going through my head all at the same time and everybody in one room. Everybody, everybody line up in one room. All of these promises of having a godly life, having, having everything that we need for life and God, godliness, people wonder, well, how come I'm lacking? How come, how come I'm not experiencing the fullness of God? Because right here it says that He has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He's already given it. It was 2,000 years ago that was written. He's already given believers everything we need. Why don't we, we, we walk in it continuously? Now, I'll have to say, we walk in it more than my family have throughout history. You know, we're, I know I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing things. My family is experiencing things. We're, we're, we're living a life that is much different than my parents, my grandparents, and, and you know, so on and so forth. Because we've grown up in the church, we we had all the teaching that you know as I was growing up, and then once uh, once I rededicated my life to the Lord and I started hanging out in a full gospel church that explained even more, it it unlocked more of the Word for me. The more we knew, or the more we know, the more we can walk in that fullness. Now, and, and here's the deal: I'm not there yet. None of us are there. No, we're all progressively moving towards it. And I believe our kids will be even further within where we are. I mean, I've said this a you know, number of times from the pulpit. You know, there, there's things that my kids have never heard us say. You know, there's, there is uh, uh, religious answers to certain things that we've never said to them. They, they, they grew up believing that all this stuff is possible. I mean, I was told, I don't know about you guys, as a small child, oh, God doesn't heal anymore. I was told that. 
God, God doesn't, you, know, you have to work hard and you have to, you have to, you know, and, and you just, you're on your own and good luck and God just gives you the grace to be poor. That's what my, I, we were told that, well, it's just our lot in life. There are some people who are rich and there are some people who are poor. We just happen to be the poor ones. Okay, well, that's theology that was put into us and it wasn't our fault. It was just, it was told to us and, 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 uh, Okay, but it has to be counteracted. There was a whole bunch of, I can tell you a whole bunch of other stuff that was implanted at a, at a, you know, throughout my childhood that when I got into the Word of God, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, is we have to grow in the knowledge of God because as we grow in the knowledge of God, all of a sudden we look at something and go, wait a second, they always told me that this was true, and it's not. One night, years ago, I was in a Bible study uh, at the close to the college in River Falls. We had a college ministry. We had a whole bunch of John might have even been there that night, uh, but a whole bunch of. Were you there the night, Ricky? Uh, I've known Rickies. Yeah, Heidi, Heidi, not Heidi, Ricky. Heidi, Ricky. The other one. The other. D. 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 Herman. D. Uh, there was a young girl who had grown up Catholic, and she. We were talking about something. I don't even remember. You know, something. And we're talking, and I'm explaining it from the Word, and I show the Scriptures, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, she just slams her Bible shut. She goes, you're kidding me! And she yells it at, you know, at the top of her, you're kidding me! And I went, so, D, how's your day going? She, I said, what's the matter? She goes, they lied to me. They lied to me. That's, you know, Whatever theological topic we were talking about, her church had said, this is the way it was. So you grow up Catholic, so you add, you know, put put, put whatever whatever theology you want in there. But she was just ticked because she goes, that's not even close to being true. So we all have that. That's why many times when when we're when we hear a sermon, and you've all done it. I, I mean, I've probably been the one who's preached a sermon, and you go, what are you saying? What are you talking about? Or class. Or class, yes, or class. Some more recently than others. What? You can't say that. And the anger rises up. Why? Because you've heard it for so long and you've believed it for so long that when, when the Word of God shows you something else, all of a sudden, your identity is being attacked. I self-identify as a whatever. But our identity is attacked. And I understand that. I get it. It's, it's not a fun process. It's actually hard. Yeah, renewing the mind, getting, getting that new wording going, okay, I have to think differently now, is extremely hard. It, it's, just, it's hard because our flesh does not want to change. And then when it's been reinforced by, by unscriptural teaching, then here we are. So, all of these promises hinge on one thing. And that is the knowledge of God. You'll notice that we have two different things highlighted up on top today. And if you notice, whenever I put this together, I highlight the, the areas that, that we're talking about specifically tonight. The first one is that grace and peace have been multiplied in the knowledge of God. Grace and peace. Last week we talked about grace and peace. Uh, what about grace and peace? Stuck out to you last week. Make notes. 
during the during your during the time that we're teaching that I'm teaching, uh, if you think about it, if you're looking over this stuff during the week, and all of a sudden you see, make a note because each week I'm going to ask you what what was it about last week's class? So tonight we're going to talk about knowledge, and so tonight when we're going through this, go wow, that just that really ticked me off, uh, or that really yeah. Yeah, Jamie, do you have enough ink? Are you okay? Will you get I've got extra pens. You, you have extra pens, good. You know, this really stuck out. I've never heard this before, so on and so forth. It might be something that somebody else says. That's, that'd be awesome. What about grace and peace? What, what did I say about grace? Anybody remember last week, George, I'm not even going to ask you, your short-term memory things going on there. What, would, what did we talk about grace and peace last week? Just me. Rest. <laughs> rest and receive his grace. You don't have to work so you yeah. Just rest and receive it. Yep. And What's another word for rest? What's another another word I used last week for rest? Yeah, we talked and receive. Is that it? Yep. And and trust. Grace alone. Grace alone and him alone. We need to trust him. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the grace alone. Uh, my notes that, that resonated with me is that it's not a barter or a trade off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's there. It's truth. It's true. It's just reality. Yeah. Yes. So we, we just need to rest in the fact that he is a good God. And that's tonight we're going to deal with that a ton. Because the knowledge of God gets challenged all the time by the world, by our experiences, by all kinds of things. And so we need to know what the word says rather than what our experiences say or anything else. So, the knowledge of Him. Uh, so, grace and peace. We the 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 resting and the relaxing. The going back to grace and peace. The the trusting Him. We, we the only way we can trust Him is to know Him. The only way we can rest in the fact that He's got our hand, got our lives in His hand, and that He's He's in control, is that we know Him. We we trust Him. Uh, did I mention last week the uh, the parable of the talents? Did I talk about the parable of the talents at all last week? You touched. I touched on. It. I guess I remember. I remember. I, I was thinking. I had, I had to if I talked about this. The parable of the talents. The 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 one who was given one said, "Here it is. I'm giving you one back because I know that you're a hard man." Well, the thing is, he didn't know the master. He didn't. That, that is a, an indication that he didn't understand. He goes, oh, so that's the way I am? Well, I'll show you that that's the way I am. You know, I mean, the master got angry with him and sent him away. So, the, the resting has to be in knowledge. Why do I trust my wife? Why do I... I can, I can know how she's going to react most of the time. And then sometimes I push the button just on purpose to get a reaction. But how do I know that I can trust her? Because I know her. Because I've spent time with her. I've heard, I've heard her answers to life situations. I've, we've had discussions about deep things. We've gone through a ton together. And I know how she reacts. I can trust her in the fact that you know if this is going to happen then I know how she's going to deal with it <coughs> somebody say something I was coughing I thought I heard somebody say something but how do we know how God's going to react how can we trust him <coughs> if we don't know him 
And that's what we need to talk about tonight. The way that we have knowledge, grace, and peace are multiplied in the knowledge of God. All things have been granted to us, the next verse down, through the knowledge of him. We don't just get stuff. Because we, we can fall into that trap too, especially as, as word of faith, charismatic, whatever you want to call us, is we see something in the Bible and just assume we get it. It's just ours. Now, that, that, that is part of a step in the right direction. Debbie, can you do a small thing for me? Can you get me uh, four aspirin and a can of Coke? Real quick. All of a sudden, a migraine started to come on. So if you guys want to pray for me, now's a good time to put some faith into motion. All of a sudden, I'm seeing the squiggly lines. That's why I stopped a couple times. We'll just be honest with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask you to touch Pastor John. Yes. Whatever is happening in his, in his head, Lord, we just ask you to touch him. Let the healing power of Jesus Christ flow through his body. As by your stripes we were healed, Lord, and Pastor John is healed in the name of Jesus. Yes. Migraine, you go in the name of Jesus. We yes. call you out. We name you migraine. Go in the name of Jesus. You have no authority in the name of Jesus. He's a child of God, and you have no jurisdiction. Amen. You must go in the name of yes. Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. we pray. Yes. I agree. Yes. I agree. Get him out. Amen. That's right. Feel. There no fun. Well, there's no feeling right now, but the the, the, the squiggly lines, like you, all of you guys are, are getting really wavy right now. It's hard to see my notes. All right. It's just a good reason to drink a Coke and stay up all night. Thank you. So, all things have been granted to us through the knowledge of him. Um, you have a child. You have a child and you hand that child the keys to your car. No? Five-year-old. I mean, he's five years old. No. Why don't you? Why don't you hand your keys to a five-year-old? He'll destroy it. Why? He's already got a four wheeler. <laughs> He's already got a four wheeler. He's kind of old. He doesn't know how to drive. He doesn't know how it how to drive. He doesn't know what the rules of the road is. He doesn't. He doesn't know. He doesn't have experience to know why you don't drive too fast. Why you don't pull out into traffic. There's a there's a lack of knowledge in his experience, and so you you know. Could that five-year-old get behind the wheel and make something happen? Absolutely. Yes, but would it be a good thing? Maybe, maybe not. I, you know, you know, you put them on the field, give them, you know, in, in, in a, 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 a nice flat uh, hay field and where you can't hurt anybody, and you know, you pardon? He floors it. He floors it. That's why you sit in the middle and have one foot where you can hit the brake if need be. But they don't have a knowledge of how it really is supposed to work. And so the same thing with a lot of things of, of, of the kingdom of God. All things have been given to us, but we don't know how to truly, fully operate 
in all of it. And even I think, you know, because we're still in a, in, in a, a natural human form, we, there's going to be a, a quite a bit of period, and maybe even those that have really walked in it a lot, we, we read their books and we read their, their accounts of it, they don't fully understand it. Why? Because God is limitless. It's, he's, he is so big, so vast, so, you know, for somebody to say, well, I know exactly how God's going to act and react in this situation. No, you don't. Because we don't have that kind of the knowledge of him. So these great promises, as Paul says here, are granted to us through the knowledge of him, God. And we must add knowledge as well as all the other attributes that we will not be or be being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to continue to add knowledge. doesn't matter how long you've been studying the Word, you can study it more. It doesn't matter how, long you, how many times you've read the Word, you can read it again and gain more knowledge. Why? Because He's vast. He's limitless. We, don't, we can never get into a, a false sense of security that somehow we got it all figured out. Because we don't. We just don't. You know, I still struggle with things. I still, as much as I've seen, I've seen instantaneous healings. I've seen miraculous healings. I mean, just boom, crazy stuff happen. And still, you know, here I am. I'm, right now, I'm having to deal with this because, uh, number one, Satan doesn't want this message being taught. And number two, I don't know everything yet. I don't understand it. So I'm still... I'm still just like everybody else. I'm fighting my way through. It's the fight. It's the good fight of faith. And we need to add knowledge as well as all the other things, the love and the the brotherly affection and all the other stuff that needs to be added. So throughout the word of God, knowledge of God or the knowledge of God is held in high regard and expectation. Here's the funny thing. When I wrote this the other day, I couldn't think of the right word, so expectation is not the right word. But expectation could be. I mean, you know. It, but yeah, I was thinking, I'll put down expectation. I'll come back and fix it. And then, as I after I printed twenty-seven copies, expectation is still the word that's on there. So <laughs> you may just want to go. What is he talking about here? And then, or you might just get a revelation that maybe it was the Holy Ghost and he was right and I was anyway. Maybe you meant esteem. Huh? Maybe you meant esteem. I have no. Yeah, there you go. That works. That works for me. Esteem. All right, somebody read with me, read for me Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God. He's chewing out the Israelites. He goes, I, I got something against you guys. Yeah, I'm not happy with you. And his why was why was he not ha- happy? Because they were faithless. They weren't they weren't walking and they weren't holding on to love. And there was no knowledge of God. They did not know Him. Throughout the Bible, He wants us to know Him. He came down in the cool of the morning and uh, in the cool of the day and walked with Adam and Eve, so that they could know Him. It says that they did know Him. They were able to talk with him. They were able to spend time with him. They could ask him questions and he could tell them. They, but they, 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 on a regular basis, were in communion with him. And what happened after that was we were separated. 
Now, different people could walk with him in different levels. The Israelites had a certain access that most of the rest of the world didn't. But now we as Christians have full access. Full access. That's the that's the both amazing part and the scary part. The scary part is if we have given if we've been given full access and we don't take advantage of it. Also, we're held accountable to our government. Amen. Meaning, what do you mean? But because there, you can go two ways. With the more we know, the more accountable we are for what we know. Yep. Amen. Amen. The less we know, we don't have as much responsibility. And some would say, "Well, then I'm just going to stay ignorant." Well, that's your choice. But ignorance isn't bliss. There's to go too. Dangers. Yeah. <laughs> there are. There's great dangers with ignorance. But the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. All right, somebody read Hosea 6, 6 for me, please. I desire the steadfast love and not sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Even back then when they were when burnt offerings were required, mandated, he said, I really would rather have you know me. I'd rather have you know me and, and my, who I am, my character, my, my ways, than the burnt offerings. Somebody else, Romans 11.33. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. So this word, somebody uh, take a shot at this word. I'd say it's epignosis. Is that, you know? Epignosis, is that right? Does that sound right? I don't know. It's, I'm not a Greek guy. But what it means is recognition, full discernment, acknowledgement, the recognition of God in your life and your daily dealings, the fully discerning of God's hand and plan in your life and ways, acknowledging his lordship and leadership in your life, and understanding him in his dealings with you, not only what he's doing, but also how and why. That is something that from, I, I, I read this, you know, 30 plus years ago, uh, when I first came back to the Lord and I was reading through the Bible again, because I, I, read, I read the Bible over and over and over and over again. And this was something I, I, I bumped into this next verse in Psalms that talked about God's relationship with Moses. And you could see God's relationship with Moses in Exodus and Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through. He had a different relationship than the people, than everybody else. And Psalm actually says it here. It says that the Lord works righteous and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. It's talking about two different things here. To the people of Israel, they saw what happened. They saw the, the pillar of fire, the pillar of smoke. They saw the, the, the uh, quail coming in every day. They are every, whatever, how many times it came in a week. They saw the manna every morning. They saw the, the uh, uh, plagues in Egypt. They saw, they saw God do all of these things. 
and they were held to a level of accountability because they saw it. He, he told them later on, he says, you saw that stuff and you're still acting this way. You know, we would say, well, if I saw that, then for sure I would never cut corners or, you know, whatever. Well, no, there's million, a couple million people that saw it and didn't, didn't keep their life right. But that's one thing. They saw those things. Moses saw those things too. But this verse talks about how he told Moses his ways. He not only told him or showed him what he could do, he also told him why. He also also told him what was his purposes. And to know God in not only just, you know, God healed me, which is a fantastic um, testimony, or God supplied a need, or God opened the door for a job, or for a home, I mean, buying a home, or whatever you were believing for. Yes, those are amazing. But to know Him, why He's doing it, where He's leading you, not just where He's leading you, but why is He leading you there? It's a, it's a, a higher level of relationship. <laughs> I mean, I can, you know, <laughs> I'll joke about it, but I, I have walked for 30 years with my wife. Our, our 30th anniversary is, is uh, less than a month away. And, and, uh, and I know Deb. And yet, there's still stuff I go, really? Where did that come from? Which tells me I don't know her. I don't, we, there are things, and, and then all of us in this room have varying levels of knowledge of each other. You know, I know you. I mean, if we see each other on the street, immediately we recognize each other and we, hey, I know you, and, and we'll, you know, talk. But then there's not only what you're doing, but why you're doing it. Why, what, what's, the, what's the motivation behind it? And what's the long-range plan? God wants us to know that. But that doesn't come just because. That kind of relationship doesn't happen just because you're a Christian. There's a certain level of relationship that comes just because you're a Christian, but there's the, the, the deeper, more, more uh, full relationship comes because we're willing to pay the price. We're willing to, to go further and to spend time with him and to, and to ask him the questions and, to, and to, to listen and to do all the things that we're going to talk about tonight. The people of Israel could see God doing things, but Moses was shown his ways, why and how. The separation, this separation was not because God wanted to hide his ways from them. It was because of the hardness of their hearts. When the people said in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 24, and you said, behold, the Lord your, our God has shown as his glory. Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody else read that for me real quick. And you said, go for it. <laughs> and you said, behold, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. This day we have seen God speak with man, and man still live. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of our Lord, our God, any more, we shall die. For who is there of all flesh? that has heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of fire as we have and has still lived. 
Go near and hear all that the Lord our God will say, and speak to us all that the Lord our, our God will speak to you, and we will hear and then do it. So the people of Israel are saying, we're seeing all this stuff. We're seeing what you're seeing, Moses, but you go talk to God. You go spend time in his presence. We're, this is too freaky for us. That whole uh, story is bottom line. They didn't want to get into the presence of God. They were afraid of him. Why were they afraid of him? They were going to die. They didn't know him. Because they didn't know him. Why are you afraid of someone? Because you don't know them. There might be some reasons why some people there you're afraid of them, but but maybe because you do know them. <laughs> yeah. But why why was the why was the uh, unfaithful manager who was given who was given one uh, talent? Why was he afraid of the master? He didn't know it. Why were the why were the Israelites afraid of God? Why didn't they trust him? You know they said, okay, we see that. God's talking to us, and we're not dead, and, and he's talking to you, Moses, and you're not dead. Wow, that's cool. We're not as far as we're going, though. We're not going any deeper with this. We're not going to go any further with him. And so um, they then pulled back, and because of that, Moses had a deep relationship. But his purpose, his real plan in all of that was not that there would be one high priest or one set of priests, the Levites. His plan was that all of Israel were to be priests. His plan wasn't for there to be a King Saul and a King David and a King Solomon and a King, 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 King. That was never his plan. His plan was that they were all to be kings. So when did that actually happen? At the cross. At the cross, that door was reopened. That door was open to you and I. That he, there was an invitation to not just see his ways, to see how he that that he's doing something, but to know him, and to understand him, and understand his ways, why he's doing the things that he's doing. So that same separation is hap- was happening when Jesus spoke in parables. Somebody read Matthew thirteen, ten through thirteen, please. Truly knowing God is not just recognizing that he, was, he is doing something, but understanding how and why he is doing it. This takes revelation from the word of God and by the spirit of God. Jesus was, was saying the exact same parable to everybody, but only a few he gave the answer to. Why? Because the other ones just wanted the handout. They wanted to be healed. Okay, great. They saw him. They wanted to be healed. They wanted to be provided. They wanted the the fish and the loaves. They wanted the the amazing teaching. They wanted to be a part of this revolution of of Israel being established back as the the leader over Israel. And and all of those things. They wanted to be a part of Jesus. But they didn't want to be a part of Jesus. 
They didn't want they, they didn't want to take that extra step. And, and that's very evident in John chapter 6, because he says, okay guys, you you want in? Then you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You need you need to get, I mean that's that's about as intimate as you get right there. Now he, he was t- he was talking figuratively, he was talking spiritually, but we understand what he was saying. You need to become a part of me. You need to be, I need to come into you, and you need to come into me. We are, we, we become one. And, and all of those people except the 12 went, sorry, no, I'm out of here. I don't, I don't want that kind of intimacy. And out of the 12, one of them even said, I, you know, more than likely that's where he said, oh, I'm out. You know, it took him a while before he figured out there was some money, it was an angle that he could work. But, it's, it was happening not only in the Old Testament, but it happens in the New, and it happens today. People can come to church their whole life and never go deeper, never really know Him. And then we can get so far that we think we know Him, and we stop pressing in. Which is worse, you know? The, you know, the, the, uh, the person who uh, only wants the surface, only wants the first level, or when, when you know, even the pastor says, you know, I'm not pushing in today. Because I know better. I know better. We know better. As, as, as uh, believers who have experienced the things of God, it, it, what it should do is, is, is just whet our appetite and want Him more and more, want to know Him more, want to understand, want to go deeper with Him. And that's, that is a, a continuous process that I, my, my belief, my theology, is that will never stop. It will never end. It'll continue all the way through eternity. This kind of understanding does not happen casually. It is cultivated by being in the Word, studying it, meditating on it. And when I talk about meditating, and at some point we'll probably have a class on on biblical meditation, meditating on the Word of God, and and if you're if you're uh, you're, you're receptive to going, wait a second, uh, biblical meditation. What are we talking here? What I'm talking about is thinking deeply, spending time in the Word. There's more than just a couple of sentences here, and then applying it to your life. Really believe. Okay, so if the Word of God says this, and Lord, you're showing it to me. That's how I got filled with the Holy Spirit. How I got filled with the Holy Spirit was I grew up in a Baptist church. And that Baptist church told me straight out, you do not speak in tongues. It's of the devil. They, they, I mean, they said it, no questions asked. You, it is, this is our stance. This is what we believe. It is wrong. So I get, I come back, I get rededicate, I rededicate my life to the Lord. I, I can't hang out with my old friends. I start reading the Bible. And so I read the New Testament. And then I read it again. And then I read it again. And then, there were times I would read it three, four times in a month. I would just sit and read and read. I don't know how many times I read the New Testament. I probably read the, the whole Bible a dozen times, but the New Testament just over and over and over, just ugh, I couldn't get enough, and I was just. And then all of a sudden, I started running into, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. I'm going, wait a second here. <laughs> How come they got to do that? But it's it's the devil when it's us. 
And it wasn't just that I read it and saw this discrepancy. The Holy Spirit was saying, John, John, that's for you. This is yours. You can, you can experience You can live in this. Ah, but I heard this. Okay. He was a gentleman. He just let me run into it again. And let me run into it again. And let me run... And it just, it was over a period of time, spending time in his presence, he started showing me something that was messing with my theology. You know, how many times have you read something in the Bible and you thought, you know, get behind me, Satan? You know, because that just is not what I've been taught, or that's not what I believe. Well, if it's in the Word and the Holy Spirit is illuminating to you and he's and there's an oomph behind it, who's right? The Holy Spirit's always right. Even if, even if you've heard me say something before, and you read it and you go, eh, that's not the way the Holy Spirit's, re-, you know, that's not, I mean, it's got to be orthodox. You know? I mean, we're not going to come out with some strange, goofy, some people do. But the Word, when it illuminates to us, then we have to apply it to our life. There came a day when I was responsible, and, I, and, and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to be filled with me. I was sitting in my room, sitting in a big, had a big armchair, uh, nobody around, and I'm sitting there, and I put the Bible in my lap, and I said, okay. Because it was very clear, very evident. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Okay, Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit and power. The rest is history. <laughs> rest is history but to me nothing happened nothing physical happened there were no lights and no all the lights had stopped by the way thank you for everybody staying still and not moving too much it was getting a while I'm fine now Um, there was no lights there were no trumpets there was no didn't just you know the tongues didn't just start rolling out and I was thinking oh okay and then that started the started the, the wrestle the battle and more information, more knowledge. Keep pushing in, keep pressing in. God, how about you said? And then he's like, I did say that. Now you have to walk by faith. Oh, I have to walk. Why can't it just happen? <coughs> I've had those, I've heard those stories where it just happened and they knew. Is it, no, not with you, John. You have to walk this out by faith. <sighs> I don't want to walk it by faith. I want to give it, I want to be spoon fed the rest of my life. <laughs> that should never be our goal. If, if it gets hard, if this spiritual walk gets hard and we're having, to, we're having to get tenacious and dig in, that makes us grow up. I know it's hard. I get it. When, when things don't happen exactly the way you want it to, and when it doesn't happen when you want it to, you have a choice. Jesus gave people choices. You can choose to walk away and quit, and, or you can choose to not giving up. I am going through. And that, in that, he builds us up. He causes us to grow. So, it is cultivated through extended times of fellowship with him. And, I, you know, I've said this many times, you, you know, and, and you'll have to forgive me, but you're going to hear things from me for so many times that, that you go, I could tell that story, okay? But it, it is... When, it, when I say extended times of fellowship, not everybody has three days to have a prayer retreat and go lock yourself in a cabin and have the word and nobody's going to talk to you and the kids don't bother you and, and nobody has, has any expectations. It, it, it's just that's not the reality of life. 
The reality of life is everyone, almost all of us have to get up in the morning, take a shower, put our work clothes on, go to work and spend time with people dealing, dealing with things. So when are we supposed to get this extended period of time with God? Well, you can fit God in. God can fit in any time you're doing anything when you're driving, when you're working. I mean, there's sometimes when you can't sit and pray in tongues for four hours because you're in, you know, at, at a cubicle and the person next to you doesn't understand. But how many of you know you can pray in the Spirit quietly? You know, I've, I've actually been, I've been in prayer meetings with non-tongue-talking pastors and pray in tongues. <laughs> you know, they would freak if they knew that, okay? But... You just, you just, I can pray in tongues without making a, you know, woof, woof, you know, whatever. I mean, you just, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, okay. That might be the, 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 that might be the aspirin and the coke talk. <laughs> How do you spell that? Yeah. Sorry, it was a synapse that just fired in my head. What about the how about a Honda? How about I want to buy a Honda? That's the other one. So years ago, I'll tell you a quick story. Years ago, we were we were praying with somebody to receive the Holy Spirit, and they were like, well, "How do I do this?" And somebody goes, "Oh, like what about my Honda? What about my Honda?" And then somebody else goes, "Say Shandal Wolf Wolf." Really? That's your answer for this? I'm so every once in a while, synapses fire, and they come out my mouth before I can control them so I apologize ahead of time and, and I didn't want to make up tongues right now okay I mean I could if I was in the spirit and praying in tongues that's one thing but I, you know I would have made something up and I don't very careful about stuff like that so I make up woof woof yeah so there yeah got that going for me all right so it's cultivated through extended times of fellowship. We can fellowship with him all the time. When you're driving home, when you're sitting washing dishes, when you're sitting and you know, watching a baseball game, there's nothing going on during the baseball game. Pray in the spirit. You're not going to wreck the game, you know, and you might even help the team. I don't know. So all football. Everybody pray during the Vikings game this weekend. We need help, okay? Whatever it takes. Here's the next question. How much... Can you know about an infinite being? How much can you know about an infinite being? I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm not, don't don't shout out the answers because you could. And I don't want when I ask this question. I don't want the church answers or the or the uh, Sunday school answers. If you any of you watch. Um, Wheel of Fortune, and they start out on a puzzle. What 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 letters do they always just get off the board right now? So we're not even messing with them. R-S-T-L-N-E. Yes, and those are the ones that are you know most people will be the first five six letters. Same thing with Christianity. If you ask in youth group, if you ask the kids, so how do you understand God more? You pray, you read your Bible. Those are the RST, you know, those are the, okay, yes, those are obvious. I'm going to ask you a question. It's not none of those questions, but I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to think about this for a few minutes while we talk about this, because it really comes and speaks to this point. How much can you know about an infinite God, an infinite being? I'm going to propose 
that you know things that I don't know. I hope you do. I hope you know things about God that I don't know. Why? Because that means you know him. And, and, and he's like anything else. I know things about Dev that you don't know. I know things about Brian that you don't know. You know things about Brian that I don't know. I mean, it's, we're, we're not infinite beings. But as God reveals himself to us, it's not like, okay, I have revealed this, and I've revealed this. He doesn't go down a checklist. It's a relationship. So, I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Don't shout out the answers. I want you to think a little bit while we talk. I want to go around the room, and I want you to tell me what do you know about God? What do you know about Him? Now, it doesn't have to be profound. Some of the, you know, the one I'm thinking of right now is, is very unprofound. But it's something I didn't know until He showed me. And I was like, oh my goodness. That just blew my mind. So, what can we know? How much can we know? We're talking about the knowledge of God. How much can we know about an infinite being? Romans chapter 11, 33 and 34 says, Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? The word of God, God himself is so vast. He's so deep. He's so long, so far. So he is so huge that I don't believe anyone in this universe except God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit know him deeply. I mean, really know him. And you don't know who knows what. I'm always amazed when I'm, when I'm interacting with people and then they'll share something that God has done in their life and I went, oh my gosh, that's, that's beautiful. I've never heard that before. The, the time that happened to me that was so stark, it actually kind of scared me, was I was in Hungary. I was in, in Uska, Hungary, the very first time I was ever there. And I sat down to have a meal with the pastor of the church that was there. And Marta said, you know, he says, well, he, he said, I'm going to pray. So she said, he's going to pray for the meal. And he began to pray. And I began to weep. The guy is blessing the potatoes. But his prayer, and I don't even understand what he's saying. It's not in English. It's in Hungarian. I don't understand all of it in Hungarian. I know very little of it. But he begins to pray, and the Spirit of God showed up. And when he did, I was like, oh my goodness. This guy knows God better than I do. Or he, he knows him in a different way than I do. He knows him in a deeper way in his area of how he knows God. I was just absolutely floored. There, we're out there. The, 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 you can be that person. You should be that person. You are that person. You can know God in a deeper way. I'm not going to know everything about God. That's why we need the body of Christ. Because you're going to know something that I don't know, and you're going to know stuff I don't know, and you're going to... We all have our part to bring. And when we do, then the body of Christ, then we will be doing things 
uh, like Jesus said, greater than what he did. Because we're, we're working together and we're all over the place. He actually was still only in Israel at that time. Jesus was in one place praying for one person at a time or however he did it. But he, he wasn't in China. The body of Christ is now in China. The body of Christ is now in South America, South America and North America and Asia and Africa and, and Antarctica and Arctica. The body of Christ is all over the place. We have the capacity to do more than what he did, but we have to know him. So, all right, I'll just tell you something, and you may already know this. You may know this. You go, oh, of course, I've always known this. Maybe you don't know this. But something I know about God, because I know him, is he has a sense of humor. I mean, he has a really, really good sense of humor. It's so, it's so simple sometimes that he'll catch me, he'll say something to my heart, and I'll just, I'll burst out laughing. I'll say, what was that? The first time it ever happened, the first time I was in a lunch line, and I was getting, I was going to eat, but the thing is, I, I was supposed to be fasting. Yeah. I was supposed to be fasting. And, and I was like, oh, okay, well... Maybe I'll do a bread and water fast. Uh, I'm looking on a you know, bread and water fast. I see a donut, and the Holy Spirit says, donuts are bread. I'm standing in this line. People are like, ah! Oh, sorry. <laughs> you wouldn't understand if I tried to explain the joke. But, okay, so tell me, what do you know about God? What, what has God... I was going to say, the first time I came to this church, I saw you start laughing. I'm going, what is he... You just started laughing, and I didn't understand it like I do now. And I'm going, something wrong with him, Tom. <laughs> and now you've confirmed that. Yeah. <laughs> and I never heard Pastor Dan laugh, and I'm like, what is he laughing for? I, don't know. I mean, now I understand it, but... sovereign God who uh, oh blah 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 no he's talking it's something that's personal to us it's real and, he, and and it's him and we all have that you know even if you haven't said anything you there's something that you've experienced from God that went wow wow you know I 
think there's a little bit of danger in saying how much can you know about infants being, you know. I think people are always, a lot of times, are looking for that. But the things that speak to my heart are the simplest things. The simplest things, and that's what we try to minister to, the simplest things. You know, forgiveness. People are always looking for the next newest revelation. Yeah. What's complicated? I don't have to understand it and there's some stuff we'll never understand. We just need to know the stuff we need. Yeah. And he knows what we need. But if we're so busy and we're so, you know, and even those who are, you know, and, and I, I like theology. I like understanding things in a systematic, in a, in a theological way. But I'd much, you know, in an intellectual way. But I'd, I'd much rather know him. I'd much rather know him. I'd much rather, I'd much rather uh, walk with him than to be able to describe him in detail. To know him, that's and that's what he wants. You know the the and and, and here I'm not joking. Here I'm, I have to, I have to tell you what I'm not screwing around. But I could describe Deb. I could I could tell you about her, her how she you know her character her I could describe it in in technical terms but I just like knowing her I just like being with her in 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 the times when it's you know you just kind of okay I'll admit I'll, the first time okay I'll say it this way when I married Deb I loved her. I, I wanted to be with her the rest of my life. I wanted to, and so I had these feelings, you know, whatever jumble of feelings that we're trying to sort out at the time. But the first time that I ever, it just struck me. And if you've ever had that with your spouse, I actually, I walked in at the end of a long day of work. It had been hot. I mean, it was like an August hot day. Uh, sweaty, hot, and we lived in a basement apartment in River Falls. And I don't know what she had been doing that day, but she came home, and it was so hot. She just she she had taken she had it, just put shorts and a t-shirt on and laid on the on the floor. It was a it was a, a, a you know it wasn't tile. It was it was um, this concrete carpet. Thank you. I couldn't get the carpet. I would say all the other words were there, but it was what it, the reason was it was. What? <laughs> it was it was carpet on top of concrete, so it was cold in a basement. She's laying on there, and sorry, honey, I'm gonna I have to describe. She had a little bit of drool coming out of the corner of her mouth because she's laying on the floor and she's just peaceful. And I walk in, and I'm telling you, it hit me, and I stood there and I went, I love her. It was so simple. It wasn't what she said or what she did or it was just. I love her. It's, and it's like been once or twice else since, since then, but no. I'm um, but it's in those moments. It's, it's in those kind of moments with God. It isn't the big, you know, remember, uh, God, show me. You know, and here's the wind. No, I'm not in the wind. I'm not in the, I'm not in the flame. I'm not in the earthquake. He was in the whisper. It's in those simple things. But if we don't slow down and spend time with him, we'll never experience those times to know him. Do you think that that makes that <laughs> <laughs> So, how long would it take to know and understand an infinite being? 
eternity. We will continue to learn things about God. When we get there, we won't... When it says we'll know him fully, you know, we'll know as we're known, yeah, I, I, I don't know that that... I mean, it means, you know, like right now, uh, I've, I've never met Donald Trump. And if I met him, and, and, and I, I guess I would know him better, but I wouldn't know him. I mean, it, it takes time. And an infinite being, it'll take eternity. If you will not fully know, if you will not fully know and understand God, why even start? Why do you even start if, if he's infinite? If he's, if he's un, un, it's not understandable in any way, I mean, in, in this world, why even start? Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time with him. And I think it really comes back to the, that question's are that's already been answered. It's the simple things. It's not the big theological, you know, you write volumes and volumes and volumes of books. What impacted John, James, Peter, Andrew? What impacted them? Jesus' great big theological speeches or the spending time with him every day? The, the Pharisees said after Jesus had, had risen from the dead and, and Peter and John were preaching and they, they brought him in, they put him on trial, they took him on and they said, they said the men, the, these unlearned men have been with Jesus. They've been with him. They know him. It, they could see it on him. And so it isn't, why even start? Because it, it, it's, you don't have to have a theological degree to know him. So what is the goal then in seeking to know God? Time. Spending time in His presence. Somebody read 2 Peter 3.13 for me, please. But according to His promise, we are waiting for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent and be found, be diligent to be found by Him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he as he does all all his letters when he speaks them in, of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and in the day of eternity. There were things that Paul knew about Jesus that other people don't understand. He was, he knew some stuff that was mind-blowing. He knew some stuff that was theologically, I don't understand what they're saying. And you can know those things too. There are some things that I don't talk about. There's things that I know about God that I don't talk about because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to you. It doesn't. It doesn't matter in the in the general scope. And and, and but there's been there was times when I would be spending in in the presence of God, and He would show me how something works, how some things happen, and He'll He would show me revelations in the Word of God. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I've never heard anybody say that. I've never heard anybody talk about. It. I've never heard anybody teach on this. I've never heard this theologically explained. God, are you saying this is what's happening in that situation? And he's going, yeah. That's, that's what... But he didn't tell me those things so I can go write another book. Write a book. He told me those things because he thought, this will blow your socks off. This is cool stuff. You want to see this? You want to understand this? 
you know, and, and he and he so he, we, we'd have those kinds of conversations. There are those. Paul or uh, Paul had that. He had that kind of revel- uh, understanding, that kind of relationship with God. He even said, "He goes, I- I'm not going to uh, uh, boast about myself, but I am going to boast about somebody I've heard about." Well, everybody knows he's talking about himself. I heard about a guy, and he was caught into heaven. I'm not sure whether it was in body or in the spirit, but he was shown things that no man can talk about. So. Paul had those experiences with God, but that's not what he preached on. What did he preach on? Love, the cross. Yeah, the cross. Well, I endeavor to teach nothing, to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The simple things. He had that knowledge, and that knowledge is out there. But if if you don't have the context, if you don't know God, and you hear some of these things, you know that somebody would say to you, you know, or that you know that Paul even could could have said, well, you'd go, I don't understand it, or you take it and run with it and go in the wrong direction. So there is that kind of knowledge out there too, but it's not to be the latest greatest person on the circuit. Growing in the knowledge of Him will prepare you in the short term to be successful in the long. It will help you to be found by him without spot or blemish. Really, what that's talking about is most of the time when, 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 when I'm spending time with God and I'm spending time in his presence, he's showing me things. He's telling me things. And, and most of what he tells me about is me. He's, he's showing me me. He's, re, he's, he's, uh, he's saying, John, you, know, you do this. This is how you think. This is how... And, and, and how do I... Why, how does he tell me those things? It isn't that I hear an audible voice. I read it in the Word. And it's his Word that reveals those things. And then I have to deal with it. And then if, I, if I'm faithful to deal with those things, repent and put it into his life, Lord, Lord, I don't want to act like that anymore. I don't want to think that way. I don't want to be that way. Then... then my character changes. My, I grow up. I become more responsible. I become more uh, knowledgeable of Him. Then I'll quit doing some of those things and I won't, I won't have that spot, that blemish. And, and so being in His presence will change you. Being in God's presence changed Moses. He came out literally glowing white from the presence of God. Does it matter if you ever glow white? I don't know that I want to. I'm already a little freaky to people, you know. <coughs> Parents, freaky. But we, our, our character, our, our personal lives can be pure and spotless. That's one of the benefits of spending time knowing Him is we change. It will help you to work through those things that are hard to understand. He wants you to know the answers. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine ask, uh, say this to me early on, and it, it really set me free. He said, God really wants you to know the answer to that problem. Even though maybe somebody hasn't written a book about it, or hasn't you know, taught on it on CBN or TBN or whatever BN. But he wants you to know the answer. It's knowable. You know, a friend of mine has a, has a uh, saying, and, I, and I've stolen it from him. You know, we'll be talking about it, and there's this abstract, this this uh, uh, out there fact, and he says, "Well, it's knowable. Just Google it." Same thing about the walk, your walk with God. All things are knowable, but you got to seek Him for it. Lord, why? 
do you do this? What? How? How can I? How can my walk? How can? How can this situation? How can I do it? Right. He's got the answer, but it takes time to do that. You can't just go. You know, I really need the answer to this problem, God. I should. I need it by five o'clock. <laughs> He's got all the time in the world. Five o'clock means nothing to him. Sometimes I've asked God to, to, about a, a question, a problem, a situation, and the answer came instantaneously. Boom. I mean, it scared me sometimes. <gasps> there it is. Sometimes it's been years where I've had the same question. And all of a sudden, oh, there it is. There's the answer. I've been waiting for that answer for years. Why? I don't know. I don't, I don't know that. Is it because maybe I was finally in the right place to be able to understand it in that way? I don't know. But it takes time. It doesn't. It isn't a. It isn't a vending machine. He's not a vending machine. You won't be carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability in these end times. Coming back to this idea of getting ready for the end times, we have to understand God. I'm telling us, folks, that that in these end times, we cannot be moved by every wind of doctrine. We cannot be moved by every uh, newspaper headline that we see. We cannot be moved by every Christian fad. We cannot be moved by, by whatever is being said and done. We have to know what the Word says. The answer isn't on Facebook. The answer is not on the Internet. The answer to these things are in the presence of God. We have to be in the presence of God because it's weird now and it's going to get way weirder. I mean, I'm telling you. I was just reading, uh, I don't even know where. See, here's this thing. I, I don't know where I have these conversations sometimes. I was talking to somebody recently about the, uh, the, the, the false prophet calling down fire. Hey, when we're watching on television somebody standing in the middle of a football stadium calling down fire and it's happening, and people turn to you and go, is that God? You better know the answer. Because it says even the elect will be deceived. If it were possible. Oh, it's possible. I've watched the elect get, get deceived. Why? And why, why, why does the elect even get deceived? Because we're not spending time. We don't know him the way we're supposed to know him. If we're, if we're affected by these things, even today, nowadays, then it's going to be even more so. It's, it's the reality. I'm not trying to scare you. It's just we need, to, we need to know this. We need to be in his presence and hearing his voice. And, and he, you know, he'll even tell you stuff ahead of time. He's told me things ahead of time. And I'll walk into a situation and, and the very words that I heard in prayer, somebody will say them and ask a question. I'll go, wow, that's amazing. God told me that you were going to... I don't tell people God told me you were going to ask that question or that you were going to say this or you were going to propose this problem or you were going to cause this problem or, or whatever it may be. But he's told me things ahead of time so much. It's just I know he does it. Praise God for that. Well, I mean, I've got all kinds of inferences running through my head and I can't tell you a single one of them. First sentence of Genesis says the hand of the nail. He called his shot that far in advance. First. You mean in, in the first? First sentence thir- of Genesis. In the Paleo Hebrew. I learned from my wife. Oh, yep. So, 
I don't know anything about that. I know nothing about that. Ain't got nothing more to say about that. So, this is an ever-increasing process, and it has it's time to get started. Most of you are started. I mean, okay. I, my guess, every one of you has started down this road. It's like everyone's at a different level, but we need to become more, more, more uh, persistent in it. So, what are some aids to begin this process? So, first, find a Bible reading program. Get into a daily time of reading. Get into a daily uh, practice of reading. Daily goals. Set some goals to read certain amounts to, to and then you're going to see this over and over again it, you know it's not a joke this is this is this is straight up be led by the spirit you need to be led by the spirit in this your program that, that god directs you to could be very different than the next person could be very different to the next person and trying to make somebody do something that somebody else does will, will actually hurt you it, for for you to do what i do is it, it, it very it won't work for you why? Because the Holy Spirit knows you and what you need. You need to listen to Him. So you, you can't uh, spin the wheel and go, oh, I can go with the Navigator's Bible reading program. Because that's what clicked on, you know, and everybody in the room is going to do the Navigator's Bible reading program. Well, no, because for, for most of us, it won't work. It doesn't work in my life. My wife, sorry, sweetheart, I'm going to tell the story again. How many times have I still told this story? She has read through the Bible every year since we've been married. Since I've known her, she has read through the Bible every year. She is like, she's a machine. It's like, like crazy. <laughs> she gets up every morning. She gets a cup of tea. She goes over to her chair. She sits down. She opens up and she reads her daily Bible reading. I get up in the morning going, what am I going to do today? Because <laughs> I don't want to do what I did yesterday. I'm going to do something completely different. <laughs> now for something complete the, the Monty Python plan for reading through the Bible in a lifetime <laughs> no no that's it that's that synapse firing that's the thing I can't do that I've tried doing that it just feels like I'm being strangled <laughs> seek God what's, what he has for you be led by the spirit second Find a Bible memorization program. Be led by the Spirit. It, it has to be something. But if you don't ask the question, I, I, I challenge you. This is your homework, George. George, write this down. George. George. Write it down. And everybody else. This week, I want you to go through these five things. Find a Bible reading program. Ask, and here's how you, here's how you find it. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to start reading the Bible systematically? Or do you want me to read the Bible systematically? How do you want me to read the Bible randomly? How do you want me to read the Bible? That's really the question. Lord, how do you want me to read the Bible? I want to know. I'm really, I'm really interested in this. How do you want me to read the Bible? And, and I know how he leads me. I'm not going to tell you how. Because it's not a pattern. It's, it is much of the time random. I'll be, I'll be working on something. I'll be dealing with something in my life. And, and, and the Holy Spirit says, pick up the word. Okay, pick up the word. So, wow, wow, there it is. It's amazing. You mean like... And it's not that. No. <laughs> no, I don't do that. I, yeah, Bible roulette. Hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, I do likewise. Yeah, <laughs> wookie dookie. Practice the presence of God. Prayer, biblical meditation, spending time. Be led by the Spirit. Obedience to whatever the Holy Spirit shows you to do during these times. That's discipleship. Doing something with the Word. Doing something with what He's showing you. Applying it to your life. And then service to others. Within the body of Christ, outside of the body of Christ, be led by the Spirit. Years ago, when I first came back to the Lord, I used to pray all the time. Literally. And and that's the Lord actually brought me where I was able to come back and do that. I'm praying all the time. I'm always listening for the voice of God. And that isn't a brag. That's just... It's just how he has led me. It, he's, he, it, I had a revelation of it early on that I can constantly be in communication. I can be driving down the road and all of a sudden I just start having a conversation with God. I can be in the middle of a conversation with you and God. I can hear the voice of God talking. I can hear him speaking or I can ask him a question. So it, it, prayer for me isn't sit down, pray for an hour. So then that, that had been going on for a time and I, just, I thought everybody does this. I thought everybody lived had this kind of a, 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 a discussion with God on an ongoing basis, and then in our church that we were going to, they had a they brought in this Bible series, this this video series by Larry Lee. Anybody really old folks here know Larry, who Larry Lee is? Larry Lee was a pastor back in the '80s, and he had a teaching called "Could You Not Tarry for One Hour?" Could you not tarry? The whole thing was about you're supposed to pray. For an hour a day. That's what that Bible verse is saying. And so this is how you do it. You take the you take the uh, the Lord's prayer and you spend five minutes on praise. You f- you spend five minutes on worship, and then you spend f- ten minutes praying this way, and then you spend another ten minutes praying this way. And I was like, okay, well that's what I'm supposed to do. And I tried to start forcing myself to do that, and it effectively killed my prayer life. At the end of a month, I was so frustrated. I was like, and I didn't want to pray anymore. I just, and I just gave up. I said, forget it. That's why I'm saying, it, it, my, what God leads me to do is not going to fit for you. He, there's no formula. He may have you pray every morning at 5 a.m. I know people who get woke up 5 a.m. They go down, they kneel next to a, wherever they're, and they pray. There are people who do that. I know them. There are people who pray at night. There are people... I don't. I don't have a set time. But then for you to go, well, he's got no set time. I don't have to have a set time. No, that doesn't work that way either. If you're supposed to do it a certain way... So how do you do that? You ask him, Lord, show me what to do. Show me in our relationship, how does it work with me? Show me my part. Show me what I'm supposed to do. And if he doesn't say anything, don't worry about it. Okay. Did I mention being led by the Holy Spirit? (laughs) (laughs) But being led by the Holy Spirit is part of this process. Hearing his voice, doing what he tells you to do. The Lord, the knowledge of the Lord is also essential in preparing to deal with other areas of life. 2 Corinthians 10.4, 
says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. The knowledge of God is worth protecting so that we will know our rights and responsibilities in God's kingdom. We can't possibly talk about all of the knowledge of God in an, in an hour and a half class. We can't. Not because the knowledge of God is unfathomable. That's part of it. But the reality is, is we need to know about the knowledge of God um, to be able to know what the right answer is in whatever fight we're fighting. Kids. Kids. Your child. Your child is, I'm just going to pick an age, 11 years old. And your child is, has a certain thing going on in their life. Fill in the blank wherever your child was or is at 11 years old. You're something that's telling you that's not the right lifestyle. That's not the right answer for them. That's not the right... But what is the right answer? There's only one place to find that answer. <laughs> From uh, Imago, Imago Dei... Uh, counseling. Biblical Counseling uh, with John Logan. No, I've, this, this class has been brought to you by Imago Dei. There's only one, one place to find that answer, and that is the Word of God. I know where he's going to get his answer. It's going to be from the Word of God. It has to be, otherwise he's, it's his own opinion. Don't listen to him. But it's going to be the Word of God. And being in the Word, he's going to give you the answer to how to deal with your five-year-old kid, your six-year-old kid, your 30-year-old child. Your He has those answers. He knows. And it's the knowledge of God. And everything will tell you that it's un, it's unfixable. That it's that the problem is too big. That it's 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 that is then raising itself above the knowledge of God. Oh, this is impossible. You're you're you can't control your child because of the you know whatever head spouting answer that a psychologist, a worldly psychologist, will give. No, that's raising itself above the, the knowledge of God. God says, I'll I'll lead you into all truth. I'll give you the answers you need to do the things you need to do. And where do you get them? Well, it's not going to be just going, well, Bible roulette. Ooh. And he bound him a hand and foot and put him on the fire. No, it's not, you know, it's... it's sometimes, it sometimes it would work. yes. <laughs> and they took him to the edge of the city and stoned him. Well, okay. I'll, sorry, son. That's what we're going to do. No, it's... He gives us the knowledge, but it, it everything is telling you that the knowledge of God isn't true. That it's not going to... That's where the battle of the mind comes in. And we have to know him. And we need to protect that knowledge. Ephesians 4.11, and he gave, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children to, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up up in every way into him who is the head unto Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love the knowledge of God helps us to stay to not stay spiritual infants 
It keeps us from being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It helps us to grow up and helps the body of Christ then subsequently to grow. And then finally, Colossians chapter 2, 1. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." It helps our hearts to be encouraged and knit together when we understand the knowledge of God. When we know Him, then we can actually interact with each other right. Till then, it's a, it's a you know, it's, it's not good. It can, it can be not good. And it helps us to reach a full assurance of understanding. All that, all five of those, all five of that on that page. Uh, ask God about a about a reading to start. What? How does He want you to start reading? How does He want you to start each of those things? Those five things. Yep. I've been asked my doctor if he knows about the four aspirin cold You've never done that before? No. Instant. No, I've never. Uh, yeah. Southern medication has caffeine in it. Yep. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe you just wait one minute. Yeah, for me it doesn't. It's the Excedrin. Well, no, Excedrin migraine has has ibuprofen and caffeine. So instead of having a bottle of Excedrin migraine around, four four ibuprofen and, and one swig of Coke. Because the Coke, what the Coke does is it gets it in your system fast. Yeah. So I'll call you at 30 a.m. Nope. Take four aspirin and a can of Coke and call me in the morning. <laughs> Way more later in the morning. Hallelujah. All right. Any thoughts before we leave? Sorry. It's on tape now, man. All right. Have a wonderful week. See you on Sunday. God bless you. Have a great week. Great weekend. See you later.